Hey guys, welcome to Christian Life Online. We're so excited that you are joining us. Whether you're joining in on Facebook, YouTube, on the podcast, we know you're there. We're excited and we've got something ready for you right now. So if you haven't already, we'd love to have you connect with us. We're on Facebook, on our website. Check us out there. Website is clcgridley.org and we've got a link to that that's at the bottom of your screen. So we are getting ready to go into our second part of our Recipe for Disaster series that we started last week. Talked about all the good things in Saul's life, the beginning days, and now we're getting into that point where everything changes. My wife has got something that I know will be life-changing for you. So let's jump in and listen to what God has to say to each of us right now. Hey guys, I'm so excited to be here with you today. We are on an incredible series called A Recipe for Disaster. If you missed last week, I encourage you to go back after we're done today and make sure you check that out. But let's go ahead and open up with some prayer. God, I thank you, Lord, for what you have in store today. I know that if we take what you put in your word to be true and we apply it to our life, it can change every single part of our journey. God, it can bring us closer to you and it can save us where we are at, God, where we are broken. And I just pray for that today. I pray that we would take away what's being said and we would apply it to our life. In your name we pray. Amen. Now, if you're listening right now, I want you to get ready because today is going to be the day where God can and will change your life, but it takes application. Now, when I was around age 14, uh, there was this movie that came out that everybody wanted to see. I mean, it was going to be like the movie of the year. This incredible day that was planned. Everybody I knew was planning and ready to go, but there was like one problem, and that was I knew for a fact there was no way that my parents were ever going to let me see this movie. I mean, there was nothing good in this movie. You could tell by watching two seconds of the preview, you know, when it would come on TV. So I got myself, you know, I, I like poured into myself like, okay, you can do this. Went to my parents and I was going to ask anyway because if you don't ask, you don't know, right? So I asked my parents and of course it was a definite no. <laughs> there was no arguing, no talking about it. It was no. So my friends, you know, talking with them, they came up with this plan that sounded like a really good idea. So they're telling me, hey, you know, just tell your parents you're going to go see a different movie. You know, some harmless PG movie will work. Pick out one of those. There's that new one that's coming out at like the same time, and, and that'll be perfect. So the more time that went on gave me more time to think about it and, you know, take in this uh, amazing advice that I had around me from this, this uh, group of friends that I was hanging out with at the time. You know, I began to think things like, hey, you know, this, there's really nothing wrong with seeing this movie. I mean, it's just a movie. It's not like I'm in danger. And if I don't see it, there's a chance that my friends won't even like me. And I'm pretty sure my parents would not want me to be a loner. You know, and if they really understood, they would actually be happy that I was going to go see this movie. Yes, it was going to be a great day. So I took this plan. I went with it, told my parents, you know, I'm seeing this movie. You can come pick me up when it's over. Here's the time. Here's the movie. I go and I see it. <laughs> it's a great movie, right? It's going to be the greatest day ever. 
I felt pressured, I was stressed out that I was going to miss out on some incredible opportunity, a great day with my friends. So in that moment, I made up my mind to go against my parents. You know, making a decision outside of what they had told me to do, and, and all because of the pressure that I was under, the stress that I was feeling that, you know, my friends may not like me or they, they may judge me in some way that I was going to be left by myself, that I was going to be missing out on something great. So in that, I chose the wrong thing. This, this plan that started out great didn't end up so great, let me just tell you. You know, it's funny that when you are faced with the pressure of disobedience, it's easy to justify it enough into thinking that it's obedience. I saw that movie. I lied, told my parents that I was seeing a different movie. And when my mom came to pick me up at the theater where the movie that I convinced her I was seeing, it was at a different movie theater than I was at. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> it was not the day that I had planned it to be, not the day that my friends had anticipated it to be. It was not a great day, okay? Adding disobedience to your life is a recipe for disaster. Last week, we learned that Saul was handsome. He was super tall, you know, taller than everyone else. I think it, uh, my husband said head and shoulders taller than everyone else. I mean, that's a pretty big dude. He started out really great. He was humble. You know, he was filled with wisdom, making good decisions and leading in what seemed the right direction. He started his life well. But as you all know, we are all capable of mixing the wrong ingredient with the right recipe and turning it into a disaster. Now, if you have your Bibles or your smartphones, I want you to go ahead and turn to 1 Samuel chapter 13. We're going to be reading verses 7 through 14. It says, Meanwhile, Saul stayed at Gilgal, and his men were trembling with fear. Now, if you read before this, it, it explains that they are facing this crazy army. I mean, the odds are stacked against them. The only way that they're going to be able to defeat this massive army, it has to be God and God only. Okay, so now we are here. It says, Meanwhile, Saul stayed at Gilgal, and his, man were his men were trembling with fear. Saul waited there seven days for Samuel. As Samuel had instructed him earlier, but Samuel still didn't come. Saul realized that his troops were rapidly slipping away, so he demanded, bring me the burnt offering and the peace offerings. And Saul sacrificed the burnt offerings himself. Just as Saul was finishing with the burnt offering, Samuel arrived. Okay, now here comes Samuel, <laughs> the man of the hour, right? Saul went out to meet him and welcomed him. But Samuel said, what is this that you have done? Saul replied, I saw my men scattering from me, and you didn't arrive when you said you would, and the Philistines are at Michmash ready for battle. So I said, the Philistines are ready to march against us at Gilgal, and I haven't even asked for the Lord's help. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering myself before you came. Verse 13, it says, How foolish, Samuel exclaimed, you have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. Had you kept it, the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom must end, for the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. The Lord has already appointed him to be the leader of his people 
because you have not kept the Lord's command. So here we have Saul who is facing this massive dilemma, right? His men are filled with fear. It says that they're trembling before him. And as each hour that passes by, they lose more and more confidence in their leader. It says that they were slipping away. Now Saul was told by Samuel that he was going to be coming in seven days, right? He was going to come in seven days. He was going to do the burnt offering. All this was going to take place. Now, Samuel, you have to understand, is a trustworthy man, a godly man. So Saul listens to him, right? He, he knows that he's coming. He's had his words that were spoken to him in confidence, so he should know and hold on to that. But what happens in these seven days? As each day passes, you, you probably are thinking, you know, that Saul has more and more time to think about what's going on. He sees his men that are getting scared, they're trembling, and, and he's starting to probably feel really insecure and, and not very confident. He had the pressure upon him, most likely facing a ton of stress and just really quickly losing hope and confidence, probably listening to the wrong voice. And that voice probably sounded something like this. Saul, look at your men. You know, they're filled with fear. What are you going to do about it? Are you just going to sit there and wait? Waiting on some old dude that's supposed to come and, and do the sacrifice when you could do it yourself? I mean, come on, Saul. I thought you were the king, not him. Weren't you the one that the men appo uh, appointed to be over them? Look what you've already done. They love you. How are you going to take this? This is an opportunity for you to do well. These are the voices that come to us, right? In the middle of feeling stressed and overwhelmed, these are thoughts that happen every single day. This is the process of disobedience. It creeps in like a good idea confronting truth and then pulls you away, distorting the truth into a lie. To disobey, I, I looked up, it says to disobey is a failure to follow rules. A failure to follow rules. It is taking God out of the picture, removing yourself from that protection that God promises to give you. When we choose a life of disobedience, we are choosing a life without God's hand over us. I don't want to live a life without God's hand over us. His grace that sustains us, his shelter that protects us, all of these things that we read about that he promises, right? We remove ourselves from that the minute that we choose to be disobedient. Adding disobedient to your life is a guaranteed recipe for disaster. In Deuteronomy 28 verses 1 through 2, it says, If you fully obey, fully, if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his commands that I am giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. We've said many times throughout our messages that God has great things for you. If you are faithful and you follow him and you make the right decisions, choosing to trust him in every area of your life, living a life that is holy and pure, 
When you do these things, there are good things to follow. But if we disobey him and do not follow his word, we will live a life outside of God. I don't want to be outside of his plan. It is so important to take note, to recognize when you are feeling under pressure, stressed out, anxious, alone, broken. These are all signs that you need to pause and, and take notice of where you're at because it is in that moment that we become vulnerable. In these moments when we are more likely to make a decision outside of God's plan, to take matters into our own hands. If you have to justify your decisions, the chances are you already know that they're wrong. To justify is to prove to be right. We shouldn't have to prove to ourselves that we're right. If you're living a life under God's hand, His Holy Spirit comes inside of us and it helps direct us and lead us to where we're supposed to be, making the right decisions. When we begin to justify ourselves, we are saying that what we think is more important, that we know how to handle it, that we can, we can do this on our own, that we don't like what they, how God may be uh, doing things, so we're going to take things into our own hands. We remove ourselves from the protection and the guidance that God gives us. Feel the weight of this. Do not take this for granted because this is a decision that can literally change your entire life depending on what you choose. This is where God has us to be, is to be in his presence where things are good, where, where he, his hand is over us, where he promises good things. It's not always easy, but we are supposed to stay here under his protection. But when we choose to, to be disobedient, to, to play around with those thoughts and, and let them creep in and continue to listen to that voice that's over here, it will literally pull you and separate you from the presence of God, from the hand of God that promised to keep you safe. That shelter that was over you to protect you is now being removed. You know, it's like you're standing underneath a, a thing when it's raining. You make a run for it to get underneath to protect yourself. But the minute you take a step out, the rain begins to fall and hit you on your head, right? That's not where you want to be. You want to be where it's dry. When we choose to listen to the voice that says, hey, hey, look what you're going through. You shouldn't be having to deal with that. Look at, don't worry about it. It's just one mistake. You're, you're doing way better than that person over there. Look how far you've gotten already. Take a break. We begin to listen to the voice that's over here. It distorts what God first spoke over here. And then we remove ourselves from the plan and purpose that God has for us. When we make that decision outside of God's plan, it makes it very hard to get back to where we were first meant to be. Saul was set up, was set up for success. You have to understand that he wasn't set up for failure. He was set up good. God anointed him. He was, he was a good man. You know, things looked really good. He started out well. He had the people that believed in him, trusted in him to make the right decisions. 
He had a strong man named Saul that was his mentor that helped him and, and advised him in choices that he was going to be making. But in his moment of stress, he he allowed himself to be overwhelmed and overtaken by disobedience. One step in disobedience may not alter your entire life, but it can. It can. It will steer you in the wrong direction, making it very hard to find your way back. Because of Saul's disobedience, he lost his kingdom over Israel. His disobedience changed the course of his entire life. The idea that God's hand will be taken off of you should bring you back to repentance, bring you back to knowing that this is not where you were meant to be, but under God's hand is where he is calling you. Do not let your circumstance lead you down a path of disobedience. Because a life of disobedience is a life alone. A life of disobedience is a life alone. God never intended us to live this life alone. He intended us to have a life that is full. A life of having a relationship with him, with other people. When you read back in the beginning of Genesis, when he creates Adam, what does he say? Man is not meant to be alone. God's plan is to be with us. I pray that today this message finds you where you're at. And it leads you out of your disobedience. We have to know and recognize where we are at. Don't just take this lightly. This isn't a pat on the back to tell you you're doing a great job. This is a, hey, hard truth moment. Where are you at in your life today? And where is God calling you to be? If we take this and we apply it to our life, it can change the direction of where we are going. God wants us to bring us back to that place. He is calling us back to him. But we have to recognize where we are. We have to make the decision to do what is right. Don't live a life of disobedience. Don't allow yourself to fall into that trap like Saul did. We're here learning about this, about his life. So that way we can look at our life and say, God, where am I? How can I take what he has gone through and apply it to my life and better it? He wants to use you and speak to you, but it takes us recognizing where we're at and where we need to be. I want to pray for you today. And maybe you're here and you're saying, man, I've lived my whole life in disobedience. What you're saying, you know, what you're talking about, that shelter that covers you, I've never experienced that. God desires to have a relationship with you. It's not too late. You may be far gone. Oh, but God is a God of impossibilities, and he can bring you back to where you need to be. Let me pray with you today, and I encourage you, if that's you, and you say you want to make that decision to follow Christ, you want to change your life because you're tired of, of, of what life has thrown at you, you're tired of listening to the voice because it hasn't gotten you nowhere. In fact, you've probably been going in the same circles for too long now, and you're ready to make a change in your life. 
then I encourage you, don't just make this prayer and call it a day. Connect with us. Connect with us so that we can help you and be a part of this journey in your life. God, I thank you that you are here right now, that you are moving in the hearts of those who are listening. God, that you call us. You see us when we are broken, when we are weary and heavy burdened, God. And you desire us to look to you for guidance. God, I pray for forgiveness. Lord, will you forgive us today for those who, who have never had a connection with you? God, I just pray that you would touch them where they're at, Lord. If that's you today, just say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for where I have been, where I've allowed myself to go. I have not known you, but I want to know you. Will you change my life? Will you bring me to that place, that shelter that she's talking about, that you promise? Bring me to you. I want to live a life under your hand. God, I thank you for them. I thank you for everyone that is listening. And I pray, God, that today would be the start of a new day where we choose to set our eyes upon you and we will live that life that you've called us to live. In your name we pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today, whether it was for the first time or the hundredth time, we are celebrating with you. It's the most important, uh, biggest decision you will ever make in your life. Actually, so much so that the Bible says that in heaven right now, the angels are partying. If I knew how to dance, I would be dancing right now. You have to trust me, I'm dancing on the inside because if I dance on the outside, you would wanna gouge your eyeballs out. But we are so excited for you. Now, as I think through and as I listen to what my wife just preached and, and what she talked to us about, the one thing that stuck with me more so than just about anything else was she had mentioned justification. How we, we justify things that we know we shouldn't be doing. I know that I have seen this time and time again, more times than I'd like to admit in my life. And I want to talk just very briefly about this. I want to, you know, to, to talk about this because sometimes we wonder, well, how do I know if I'm living in disobedience? How do I know if I'm being disobedient? How do I know if what I'm doing is wrong? The Bible doesn't say, don't do this. It says, don't kill, but I'm not killing somebody. I'm, it says, don't cheat. I'm not cheating. But how do I know if what I'm doing is wrong? And one of the most important and useful tools that I believe that God has given each one of us is that little voice inside of our head whether you want to call it our conscience or you want to go Pinocchio, you know, with a little cricket, however, whatever you want to look at it. When we, in our lives, when we find ourselves justifying and explaining, trying to convince, right, I'll call it what it is, trying to convince ourselves that what we're doing is okay, that should be like, you know, flashing lights. What you're doing is not okay because I can only speak for myself. I have never had to explain myself into doing something good. I have never had to justify my actions for doing something good. I've always what? Stepped in and done. So if you find yourself living in a situation, uh, justifying a decision, you know, thinking through and trying to talk yourself into doing something, chances are, probably something you shouldn't be doing. 
So, I know that that was just a, a, a little thought. I hope you take that and apply that help. Use that as a guide for your life. Right now, we're actually gonna transition into our service and we would love to give each of us an opportunity to give. If you call Christian Life your church, that's my church, uh, I would love to give you an opportunity right now to give. You already know the stuff that's going on. We've got things going, ministry happening on a weekly basis, handing food out, you know, conversations are being had. And if you'd like to give in an act of faith, act of obedience to God, right now, you've got that opportunity. There's a couple easy ways to do that. You can text the amount that you'd like to give to the number 84321. You can go to our website at clcgridley.org and you can go right there on the right-hand side, click that Give tab and, uh, and give in that way. Regardless, we know that God uses every bit of what we bring in for His purposes. We know that He does amazing things with what we give. And we also know that God takes care of us as well. God takes care of us every single day. So let's go ahead and pray as we get ready to give our offering right now. God, we thank you for blessing us. God, blessing us in incredible ways. Some of them financial ways. God, some of them uh, just looking out for us. God, you bless us in so many, so many ways. God, we thank you for your faithfulness, God. And as we attempt to model what, as, as we attempt to live out what you've modeled for us, God, I pray that you would help us. God, that you continue to provide. God, that you would continue to use. God, you would continue to change eternities. God, for people looking to you. God, we thank you, we praise you. In your holy name we pray, amen, amen. So, we've got a couple links right here before we let you go. I encourage you to check those out. We've got our Spotify worship playlist. Put that in as you're driving in your car. Listen to that, it will help uplift you. I know that that has been a huge encouragement to me. We've got our children's ministry service. We've got all kinds of stuff, as well as information on how to connect with us and join the family all down there. Check that out and we will see you next Sunday here for our third part of our Recipe for Disaster series at Christian Life Online.